You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European level actions within the skeptical movement. Uh, the ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 139, and I am your host, Irena Levin. Joining me for the show today uh, are my co-host, Pontus Bokman, and a special guest, Claire Klingenberg. Всем привет! Hey, son, hey, son! Добре рано! Oh, good! I love, I love that you, Pontus, uh, typed всем привет in Latin uh, letters. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it's the only only letters I know. So, okay. <laughs> good! Well, yeah, welcome yeah. to the show, Claire. Yeah, great to have you. I'm Again. great to be here. Uh, I mean, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's been good. a while. I'm sure, I'm sure you've got nothing else to do on a Sunday. <laughs> Happy to so, join you. <laughs> yeah, it's always a good alternative yeah. for things. Yeah, and I understand you're out traveling. Yes, yes, I'm actually now in the US. I'm at my sister's wedding. So, yay! <laughs> happy wedding. Yes, happy wedding for her. Yeah, great. That's good. And I'm, I'm glad you took the time to 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 join us because that that seems to be a, an even greater event than recording with the the ESP. Well, <laughs> everyone is still sleeping, so I'm just an early uh, what, bird. <laughs> what time is it there at the moment? Eight o'clock in the morning. All right. Okay. Bright and early. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. So, so of course, uh, we called you in because um, uh, Andras is also traveling and, and his time schedule was such that he couldn't join us today. But it's good to have you back. Very uh, great to see you. And we will see you also at QED. Yes, you will. Yeah, next mm -hmm. month. Yeah, that'll be great too. So, uh, I, before we start, I want to push for an event happening in, in Sweden, actually. It, there's uh, the Gothenburg Book Fair on the 27th to the 30th of September. And the reason I want to push it is that it's a, it's a big, bloody event. Sorry. Uh, it, it's uh, it, almost 100,000 visitors over four days. Wow. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, VOF, the Swedish skeptics, have a stand there. So, uh, so we will be, yeah. uh, as we normally do, actually, you haven't probably mentioned it on the show before, but I, if anybody's in Sweden near Gothenburg during that weekend, that's the 27th to the 30th of September, come along and say hi to us in the, in the booth there where we will uh, sell T-shirts, books, and uh, demonstrate magic tricks and uh, be, uh, you know, in general, be very skeptical. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah. Good luck. I, yeah. I hope you get a lot of um, uh, visitors. <laughs> well, if you're only a fraction of the 100,000 visitors stopped yeah. by our stand, we will yeah. have reached quite yeah. a few. Yeah. yeah. No, brilliant. Um, I, I have a question to Claire. Yes. Have you, uh, have you got any news uh, relating to European Council of Skeptical Organizations you want to share with us or how are things going there? Uh, currently, there is no news. We're um, getting back after the summer, and we have to organize uh, one, a, a large conference call throughout all the Europe, uh, European organizations. So we're going to be doing that okay. this fall. So there's not not any news. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So watch this. Watch this space. We will. Yeah. Uh, yeah we will. Uh, and if if listeners doesn't know, uh, Claire is of course the president of the European Council of Skeptical Organizations. So that's that, that's why the question is. And the next big thing that will happen for EXO is, of course, the European Skeptics Congress in Ghent. Ghent next year, yes. Yeah, in, in Belgium next yes. year. So, uh, but we will talk more about that as the when details become when, more clear. Exactly when the news comes. <laughs> All right, brilliant. Okay. 
So, um, we have shifted our segments around a little bit, and uh, what we will do now is go to Pontus, who will tell us about how he poked the Pope this week. <laughs> yeah, for the last couple of weeks, Pope Frankfurter has referenced the Catholic Church sex abuse scandals at nearly every address he has made. And that's not so surprising. It must be keeping him very busy these days. And, and of course, it's got everything we expect from a real juicy religion. It's allegations, cover-ups and sex with little boys and sometimes little girls. So, of course, it's it, he needs to talk about that. So what does he say then? Well, his opinion is that there can only be one explanation. It is the devil. Yep, it's the devil who's behind it. So... But he doesn't. But looking at his, his his statement, it's not that the devil is leading all the poor little priests astray. The devil is behind all the revelations of the abuse, and that's the problem. Are you kidding? Seriously? No, that's what he said. Wow. He said, if it wasn't for the work of the great accuser, uh, we would be spared the knowledge of all the wrongdoings of the Catholic Church. Oh my God. More or less. That that wasn't an exact quote, but that's my interpretation of what he actually said. So he is again more uh, concerned by the bad PR than than all the victims and the actual problem. Yeah, there's no taking any sort of responsibility whatsoever. Uh, again, again. Uh, but it, but uh, uh, so the uh, Catholic Church is very convenient like that and Christianity is very convenient like that because you can blame the devil for all the bad things and then you can uh, the God will take all the credit for the good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. But the devil is very busy revealing new stuff. <laughs> so not two days after he said the first thing, the devil was busy in Germany revealing that over the last 70 years, at least 3,600 children have been abused by the church. That's in Germany alone. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we are going to continue to poke the Pope uh, uh, because he deserves it. And, uh, you know, you can't just blame all the things you do wrong by something. Yeah, it's the devil. Yeah. Stupid. Uh, all right, so no surprise there then. <laughs> no, actually, maybe I should just drop this segment because it's almost the same every week. <laughs> no, no, he—he, he, uh, it actually changes sometimes. It's not always about abuse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, now we're going to go to On This Day before talking about the news. And um, I'll be talking about On This Day. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so I want to talk about um, something that happened in 1895 on the 18th of September, uh, the week of this episode release. Uh, yes, and it's not a good thing that happened. Well, it's just, it's, it's a thing that happened and we have to talk about it. So we're going to talk about it. On this day, uh, the chiropractic was founded by a guy called Daniel David Palmer. Mm -hmm. He was He was a grocer with an intense interest in metaphysics and prior to discover to of him discovering a chiropractic, Palmer was a magnetic healer. Uh, as you notice, there is no mentioning of uh, him being a doctor or in any way related to medical profession whatsoever. He also had interest in uh, phrenology, diagnosing diseases based on the bump on the skull and spiritualism. So all the good things, you know, <laughs> the things you need to uh, have Seems your. 
very qualified for inventing a new way of uh, of healing people, yeah. Yeah, feet in the ground, set in fact. Uh, Palmer reported to have discovered the principle of chiropractic uh, when he allegedly cured a janitor of his deafness by manipulating his neck. neck. And the fact that the nerve, which conveys sound information from the ear to the brain, does not pass through the neck, didn't seem to bother Palmer, <laughs> who didn't have any medical qualifications. No. Uh, so therefore, I don't think he was even aware of that fact. Uh, he invented the term chiropractic, where, which literally means done by hand, um, to refer to his new therapy. And he also argued that all the diseases uh, are caused by dislocated or displaced bones, uh, which 95% of the time are spinal bones and which disturb the flow of innate intelligence. <laughs> he did not subject his ideas to any form of research, uh, but rather just went directly to treating patients and to teaching his principles to the first generation of chiropractors. So there we go. And that's how it all started back in um, 1895. And now we have a lot of cases to talk about. And we have mentioned um, mistreatment of patients, especially babies uh, in our episodes previously, that suffered due to this practice. And I don't know how much research is being uh, put, uh, done around chiropractic now. The latest that I am aware of, it doesn't do any good. And in many cases, it does a lot of harm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, hear otherwise about chiropractic. Nope. Um, so that's, uh, but that's how it's all started. So it's no surprise. <laughs> okay. That's Thanks me. Thanks a lot. That's, that's quite interesting. All right, so, and now we jump straight into the new segments um, and see what is going on uh, around Europe. Yeah, let's start in Sweden where, uh, well, actually it's, to, it's in Oxford where they've made a study about uh, fake news and how it's spreading on uh, around uh, social media. And especially in, uh, before the... The, the newly held election in Sweden, they were very curious to see how uh, people were sharing uh, fake news uh, on Twitter. During 10 days in August, they analyzed 270,000 Twitter uh, feeds uh, about the Swedish election. 22% of everything that was shared was uh, clearly fake news. And almost all of that came from three different very known Swedish uh, fake uh, new, uh, news sites. So, there's very little doubt that people who share from these uh, sites, most of them must know that these are fake sites because everybody talk about them as fake sites. So either they don't think that it's fake and they think everybody else is wrong or they're deliberately spreading misinformation. So during this period, actually, uh, Sweden was even worse than the US, as the report says, <laughs> when it comes to spreading f fake news. So it's interesting. I don't, of course, nobody will ever know if that had any impact on the election results. It is just a reminder that we have to be skeptical about what spread on spreads on social media. It's also a, a reminder that, especially in front of elections or, or things like that, there is a surge of these fake uh, news going around. All right. So uh, we're going to go to Latvia for a change. <laughs> well, it's it's Latvia slash Europe. 
Um, and I, I want to just quickly talk about uh, the uh, drug called Rigver that we have mentioned before in the past. Again, um, it is a drug that's um, uh, allegedly uh, has been marketed as a as a cancer cure that was designed um, and manufactured in Latvia um, in the Soviet Latvia actually back in 1960s. There is no research behind uh, the claims. It, it hasn't been proven uh, scientifically to work, so there was no studies done. It, it was mysteriously registered in State Agency of Medicine of Latvia in 2004, two days before Latvia joined the EU. And mysteriously, not so much. I think somebody paid someone to get it done mm-hmm. before we became part of the EU. So what happened since uh, the foundation was started in 2016 called Virus Therapy Foundation, and um, they promote the, the treatment, the regular treatment, and they have recently became part of the um, biggest cancer patient NGO in Europe, European Cancer Patient uh, Coalition. So they somehow whistled their way in. Once it's happened, the, the, the this fact has been brought to the attention of the NGO, and uh, they have been, been notified of the fact that Rigver doesn't have any uh, backup or b- background as a as a legitimate uh, drug, anti-cancer drug. The reaction uh, was very swift, and the board of European Cancer Patient Coalition has voted to revoke the membership of the Virus Therapy Foundation. Basically, on the the next day after receiving the email notification, um, so it's great, and um, this instance clearly illuminates the difference between approaches to problematic rigor associated entities in Latvia and in Europe. So, in Latvia, the public outcry had to happen before institutions even reacted to unmistakable breaches of law, and in many cases, official complaints to the re- regulatory institutions and achieve precisely nothing because I think the rigor is still uh, is sold in Latvia. In contrast, the European organizations respond to issues uh, that are not even strictly legal but highly unethical and potentially harmful to patients. So great job, the European Cancer Patient Coalition, well done for protecting the, the people from unproven uh, treatments. And... Uh, the Latvian institutions, unfortunately, have a long way to go yet. And it doesn't help that a lot of these institutions are prone to corruption and that, that results in treatments like these be, being pushed through. All right, so we're going to uh, move location where we're going to stay on the same topic, which is cancer cures and bogus cancer cures. So the Good Thinking Society has been working the last 18 months on identifying and, uh, and analyzing different fundraising campaigns through, for example, on GoFundMe and Just Giving, where they analyze campaigns which were trying to get funds uh, for a patient who had terminal cancer and wanted to try out an, an alternative treatment, usually somewhere in Mexico or Germany. And of course, uh, we're talking about UK patients uh, in this instance. So since 2012, they have been 540 uh, appeals or campaigns that uh, try to raise funds to, for patients to be able to afford an alternative uh, treatment clinic for cancer. Uh, they have raised altogether 8 uh, million pounds or 9 million euro wow. for these appeals all over. 
And uh, over 200 of those appeals have made positive feedback in the media. This people, that these people can go and have this special treatment. Unfortunately, more than 140 patients passed away thanks to this. And the sad thing about it is that when you kind of look at the analysis that uh, the Good Thinking Society uh, with Michael Marshall at the helm has done, is that a lot of the patients feel that it still made sense that, uh, I mean, not the patients, but the, their um, their family, they feel that even though their loved one died after a couple of weeks, it was still nice to like give them this kind of hope, even though they, they spent, for example, 25,000 pounds or even more. And they don't have a comparison how long that person would have survived without uh, some kind of bogus treatment. These cancer clinics for which these pa- patients are raising money, they don't give out survival rates. They give out something that they call success rates, but it's not clear what they mean by that because from what it looks like, it seems that a success rate means that the patient leaves the clinic alive after a couple of uh, the, throughout the three few weeks of treatment, but they don't do any follow up to find out if how long that patient has survived and Jesus. if that patient actually qualifies as a survivor. Mm. Yeah. So that's pretty bad, you know. That only measures if they survived the immediate treatment, yeah. and then they ship them out the door. Yeah, yeah. So, so they probably want to get them out as quick as possible before they die. Exactly. Yeah, that's not survival rate in my book. That's definitely not survival rate. These uh, clinics, they don't go based on, like I said, survival rates. They go based on testimonials, which they take from the patients when they are there at the clinic. So of course, the patients can feel better for a while. Uh, and they take this, this, uh, testimonial about how great the person feels. But yeah, they don't actually do any follow up to find out if the person has survived. And what's interesting to me is that this same kind of technique is, is used by individual healers as well as by these huge clinics, which pretend to actually be medical centers. Both of these kind of entities, they don't do any follow up. They just like, okay, you survived this, my treatment of, uh, what was it? Coffee enema, so hooray! Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah like, oh, like Gerson, terrible. like a Gerson therapy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you said eight to nine million pounds gathered. Did you say that? I said eight million pounds or nine million euro. Oh, okay, yeah, eight yeah. million pounds. Yeah, fine. So, uh, and then you know, like there's. You know, just only goes to show that there's a lot of money in this alternative business. There is. And, and, and a lot of the time, the promoters of this alternative say, oh, it's big pharma. They just want to make money. I know, what? right? It's absolutely Fuck. ridiculous. How about these 8 million yeah. Uh, pounds? Yeah. Then? yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So what Michael Marshall, uh, who uh, had headed the analysis, he proposes that these kind of fundraising websites should do a better scanning of, of the campaigns that they are, uh, that are on their website. Their platform should not be a place, a place that facilitates the exploitation of vulnerable people. They should do a better check on these kind of buzzwords that surround these alternative treatments. I'm sure his, his proposal will get a lot of pushback from the alternative community. Yeah. But I think this is uh, this is a really really good idea. But it's a tricky thing to do though because it's uh, effectively up to a person who wants to seek the treatment and raise the money to decide. And I think, it, well, maybe alongside there should be better 
education of for for an information available for public because I was about to say that yeah that it's not just about like um telling them people no 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 you can't actually go and try this treatment for cancer it should be explained why investing money in this particular treatment of cancer doesn't make sense if okay yeah please go ahead and raise money for your for for your medical things but do use that money for things that are evidence based that actually can bring you some help and uh, can make you feel better or or uh, can actually heal you and not on things that are just going to take your money and give you false hope. Yeah. There's like uh the, the analysis talks about the Brzezinski clinic, the Halvan clinic. Uh it talks about uh, the different approaches of the, of the people who have uh, the patients who have unfortunately died. As usual, you can see a lot of kind of denial in that they feel that uh, it was worth it. Of course, that's up then individually up to each person to decide that. Yeah, and you know what else I'm worried about? If there is a, a restriction on, on those uh, money-raising websites, there'll be a, a, a spin-off of people saying, come here, we, we've created this little hub for you, you can raise money for yeah. whatever you want. And people will think... Ah, if the, somebody's saying, no, I can't raise money for this, it must be good. It must be working. Do you know what I mean? It'll yeah, have like an yeah. opposite effect. Yeah, 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 definitely. And it's, it's a very, uh, I don't know if there's, if there's a, a, a real, a, the right answer or, or the quick solution to this, but yeah. There usually Ring. isn't, yeah, but a kind of mix yeah. of like an, a better education around this or a better yeah. explanation of, okay, we're not going to support this campaign because of these following reasons. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. So that's probably all about this, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to talk about uh, the measles update. Well, do a measles update like we do on every show, really. And this is a little bit of a different angle because I'm reading an article in the uh, Wall Street Journal, which in turn had looked at an investigation about how suspicious people are uh, against vaccines and compare that a little bit to to the outcomes. So... And this was a worldwide study, but if you look at European countries there, of course, people are very suspicious of uh, uh, vaccines in countries that we are very familiar with uh, in this uh, context. So uh, Greece is up there, Ukraine, of course, uh, very much up there, Romania, uh, the the countries that we know are uh, the top three, I believe, in in Europe uh, when it comes to uh, spreading. Uh, Actually, Serbia is also very high, but it's not on that list, but fine. Yeah, and there is a clear link to it as well, where you see that Ukraine, for instance, where we now see the worst outbreak in in Europe for I don't know maybe ever since we started vaccinating people, there were they have had uh, over thirty thousand cases only this year. Their vaccination rates plummeted from ninety seven percent. Oh, this is MMR vaccine, so for measles, mumps, and rubella. Ninety seven percent of people were vaccinated in 2007 in 2006 it was down to 42 percent and that's so there's no surprise there that they have this mm. amazing outbreak uh, of, uh, of measles at the moment and it, the the change came over a story in 2008 uh, there was allegations that a teenager had died because of measles vaccination and that spread this anti-vaccination feelings in the country and now people are dying because of this misinformation 
Another thing I just want to say, it's interesting to see that the worst country in the world, or in this investigation anyway, uh, with mistrusting the MMR vaccine is actually France. A little over 40% uh, said that they felt that the MMR vaccine was not safe, or probably not safe, or they suspected it wasn't safe. That's interesting, because France still has quite a high vaccination rate, but... If we go back, and I don't remember what episode it is, but in France, quite recently, they decided to make the MMR vaccine mandatory. And we then we get into this discussion again about mandatory vaccination. Is it good or bad? But France has, over some time, have had a lot of vaccines being mandatory. And maybe, and this is just pure speculation from my side, maybe making it mandatory increases the suspicions of it because if it's if they have to make us take it then it's probably not good or there's something nefarious behind it that's my uh, speculation i think it was interesting to see australia now um where they uh mm-hmm. please correct me if i'm wrong they were deducted parent uh, like support for uh their parents get for their child if they don't vaccinate their kid and yeah. like vaccine rates shot up you know that people just started vaccinating again so it's interesting like Okay, if it's mandatory, we're going to be more suspicious. But if they're going to take our money away, sure, you know, <laughs> even <laughs> we, we, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's good to see that their beliefs, a big per- uh, percentage of these people who hold these beliefs, don't hold them so strongly that they would, you know, kind of r- not risk everything, but th- that that they would still not vaccinate their kid. But it's interesting to see how easily it is to shift their beliefs. Literally for just tens of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a interesting kind of thing to see, and maybe maybe it can be serve as an inspiration for other European countries as well. Mm. Mm. Right. Sure. All right. Well, guess what I'm going to be talking about? A, ca- a fake cancer treatment again. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a theme, isn't it? I know, right? It's developing. We we sometimes have those uh, kind of episodes, but. Well, this time is actually uh, good news. It's uh, about eBay removing a fake cancer zapper treatment from sale. And it was done because of the work of our friends in the Good Thinking Society and Michael Marshall, who, uh, Claire has already, yeah, who Claire has already mentioned. One of the auction sites on eBay have been selling a, qu- a quack cancer cure that involves zapping patients with electricity. Oh, my God. And um, th- the story was reported in the Telegraph, and uh, the Telegraph found that more than th- 30 different cancer zapper devices were being sold through eBay, priced at about £299, and one seller in Northern Ireland has been selling the devices for over a year. And these cancer zappers are based on a bogus medical claim uh, that contained in books written by Hula Clark, uh, who was a Canadian author who died of cancer in 2009, and he claimed that the cancer was caused by a parasite that lives in the body, which can be killed by applying regular electric shocks. Well, it didn't work. How right? how these people come to these conclusions is obviously beyond uh, comprehension. But here we go. The device exists, and the medical professions has uh, widely discredited this machine as worthless, of course. And uh, at best, they are a waste of money, which may encourage patients to stop taking effective medicine as well, and obviously uh, just um, to use this alternative 
However, the Zappa machines have also been found to cause other health problems by interfering with peacemakers, if, if anybody has peacemakers installed. Uh, similar devices caused a man to suffer dizziness and near fainting in the past. Uh, so that's been recorded in um, New England Journal of Medicine. And the Michael Marshall, who is a project uh, director at the Good Thinking Society, said... It would be extraordinary and wise and potentially dangerous for someone to see one of these machines as viable treatment for their cancer, especially if it led to them rejecting conventional treatments, which I absolutely agree with. This is the, the, the biggest danger of these alternative uh, treatments, that the patients will give up um, the uh, proven um, medical treatments. eBay re removed all of the fake cancer cures from the sale after being contacted by the Sunday Telegraph and declined to comment. Uh, the problem, of course, is that many of the eBay listings used uh, loopholes in the site's rules to avoid breaking the law by directly marketing the device as cure for cancer, instead of the explicitly claiming in the online listing that the Zapper machine could cure cancer, many items provided a link to read a book online which does make those claims. Again, another uh, massive organization like eBay is, is marketing and selling these this fake uh, cures. And the thing is, um, I think it's good that this particular device has been removed, but how many others will come and to replace this uh, in the future, we don't know. I mean, we have to keep, I guess, fighting against it and bringing attention to, the, to this. But I also think eBay has to maybe try to close the loopholes to prevent this from happening. I think that the problem here is, as you say, there's so many similar things. And if you remove one, you can't shoot them down one by one. You have to find some way to ban the whole category of, of uh, fake things. I have a question for you guys. Like, have you noticed lately there has been a huge rise in this uh, like belief in parasites? You just mentioned it with the cancer as well. That oh, the, yeah. That the, um... that the parasites can take, uh, cause cancer. Within the last, I don't know, eight... 10 months, I've yeah. noticed mm -hmm. that uh, parasites are being spoken much often about, like that they are the, the cause of autism, of cancer, of all, you know. Yeah, I, so people probably found the go-to now, the new go-to yeah. uh, to, to blame their diseases. Like an easy, an easy explanation, isn't it? Because it's easy to say, oh, it's a parasite in your brain, or it's a parasite in your gut, or it's a parasite in this, and there's a parasite in that. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, like, it's, oh, yeah, the doctor can't find it, but it, because it's very hidden or something. It's, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right, Claire. There is a sort of, it, I think these things go in waves. Yeah. Uh, so some things get more popular at certain times. And at the moment, I think there is a surge in, in blaming parasites for everything. It's a parasite season. Yes. It is <laughs> yeah. a parasite yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right okay so i'm gonna take you out for a ride into outer space uh no so but, uh, jocelyn bell burnell dame jocelyn bell burnell is an amazing astrophysicist who has discovered pulsars but at the time she was not rewarded for her discovery but has just currently uh, been awarded, sorry, she has been currently awarded the Breakthrough Prize, which was previously awarded to Stephen Hawking, to the physicist who discovered the Higgs boson, and other very smart uh, people who have made incredible discoveries. The story of her not receiving the Nobel Prize is kind of a story we've had, heard many times regarding a female scientist or, or scientist coming from a, a less uh, represented group. 
So she noticed a certain pulses or lights or、uh, radio waves coming across the sky. So she called in that discovery to her PhD supervisor, who told her that it's just artificial radio interference. Her、uh, PhD supervisor was Anthony Hewish, but she didn't give up and she continued in her research until she found proof that there is such a thing as a pulsars. And then, when it came for the Nobel Prize time, it was her PhD supervisor who received the Nobel Prize and not herself. That's terrible. That's terrible. He he told the same guy. I understand、yeah. who told、yeah. her not to look into it. Yeah, the same guy who told her、oh, that it's bullshit not to look into it. Da 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 da. So that's the same guy who then received the Nobel Prize for her discovery. Um.、So. Yeah, it's not the first time, but hopefully it will be one of the last times, and when we have such similar situations in the future. But she is taking like a real trooper. She says, "You know what? It doesn't matter." Because if I would have gotten the Nobel Prize, I wouldn't have gotten anything else. Because once you get the Nobel Prize, there's really no other award anyone can give you, right? So this way, I have gotten a prize every year since then. All the different awards, I get to go to cool parties and meet <laughs>、uh, and award ceremonies yearly. And now she has received this breakthrough prize award, which is three million dollars, and she's going to. Give it to students、uh, who are pursuing their PhD in physics, but come from underrepresented groups. So、oh, she is、yeah. awesome. She's a real trooper, and、uh, yeah. yeah, what a great role model!、Yeah. I love this. Fantastic. Absolutely, this this is exactly what we need、um, for for this to be obviously brought to our attention, but also shown. Look, she didn't.、Uh, it didn't like broke break her. This experience didn't whatever didn't diminish her accomplishments. And she said, "Whatever, I can do better. You can have your prize. Who needs it? You can、yeah. have your one Nobel Prize, and I'll get everything else." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when she gets the, a lot of money, she she donates it、yeah. to a better.、Uh, that's fantastic. Genuinely amazing,、yeah. like person, remarkable yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I and I hope we'll be able to see her maybe sometime at some skeptic conference. That'd be awesome to to invite her.、Ooh. That、Absolutely yes. Yes. Good, Good idea. idea. Yeah. Make make notes, Claire. I will. I will. I will write it down. So it's this is kind of like a nice feel good story at the end. Yeah. Yeah.、Brilliant. Very good. Okay. It seems to be a little of a good news theme to this episode for once, and that's really good. Another、uh, good news or person who needs to be. Recognized for doing good things is in Germany. There's a pharmacist in Bavaria who has removed all homeopathy from her displays. Do you know that we have real li- real life judges listening to the show? At least one, <laughs> 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 and that's Ralph in Germany. We we know him. We met him on on yeah, on, on Ralph, conferences. Yeah, he's he, yeah he's great. He's great. He, he gave us this tip. Uh, on the, as a news item, there is an owner of a pharmacy in Bavaria, a lady called、uh, Iris, or、oh, probably not Iris, probably Iris Huntermark, something like that. But she has, after some investigations, decided to remove all homeopathic products from her display, from her windows. And this has come after she contacted a certain MD uh, called uh, Christian Lubos. And he is a well-known homeopath- homeopathy opponent, and he confirmed her opinion that homeopathy has no efficacy whatsoever. So the reason she couldn't totally remove it from her shop, just from the windows, is that I, I, I I'm not, I'm a little bit sketchy on this, but I believe there is some regulation saying that if a preparation is um, uh, approved, you have to provide it in your shop somehow. 
but you don't have to put it in the window and you don't have to market it. So she she uh, did that. So that's a good sign. So even in the homeland of homeopathy in Germany, common sense is starting to prevail, maybe, hopefully. So good news. And well done, Frau Huntermark. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's Fräulein. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that perfect quote about reason prevailing, um, that uh, reason and logic will always triumph over ignorance and superstition. Well, I hope that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think w this is the last uh, news items that we're going to finish the show with, which is quite um, uh, an entertaining one. And it's um, about winners of Ig Nobel Prize 2018. Uh, we we're going to link uh, to the whole list, but it, it is the most fascinating thing ever. Um, I'm actually considering to donating for, for this. And if anybody else wants to, there'll be a link to donate to, to it in Ig Nobel. Um, this has been going on for years, um, as people know. It started, uh, I think, in 1991, so like ages ago. So unlike um, Nobel Prize, it uh, makes people laugh first and then think uh, after. So that's the kind of the tagline. That's and um, uh, there are several categories uh, where the winners are announced. And uh, I, I just want to bring a couple of them up. Uh, so there was a nutrition prize that was awarded to collaboration between UK, Tanzania and Zimbabwe uh, for calculating that the caloric intake from a human cannibalism diet is significantly lower than the caloric intake from most other traditional meat diets. <laughs> well, I'd, I hope they didn't try it. <laughs> How they calculated it, we yeah. probably can find out from so you heard it here uh, people don't try cannibalism it's not <laughs> nutritious enough yeah esp is not endorsing cannibalism right <laughs> um, well, what if they had found out it was the other way around that would be yeah yeah. yeah as uh, then there was a peace prize there was awarded to collaboration sciences from spain and colombia uh, for measuring the frequency, motivation, and effects of shouting and cursing while driving an automobile. <laughs> so, there was also, if this is an interesting one, because I, I really want to know how they've done it, the Reproductive Medicine Prize, uh, it's a collaboration of many countries, and uh, they, they have uh, received this prize for using a postage stamps to test whether the male sexual organ is functioning properly as described in their study, nocturnal penile tumescine monitoring with stamps. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have no idea I, I, how, I, where do they, what do they do with postage stamps to I, test? I get curious, but I'm afraid to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the, the chemistry prize that went to Portugal, researchers for measuring the degree to which human saliva is a good cleaning agent for dirty surfaces. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Sweden actually was mentioned in a couple of the studies. Ooh. Uh, so they have received one for bio, there was a biology prize, a collaboration for, for Sweden, Colombia, Germany, France, and Switzerland for demonstrating that wine experts can reliably identify by smell the presence of a single fly in a glass of wine. So what? there we go. Seriously, they can? 
Yes, because there, it, it's it, been established. It's interesting because there were like studies done about wine experts actually knowing complete nothing about like right, wine. Right, right. Wine, but maybe they know things so about they, flies. They might ah. still not know. Yeah, they might still not know anything, but they can definitely smell a fly. Ah. I mean, that's pretty something. So there you go. <laughs> amongst amongst other prizes, these are the ones that I found quite funny, and uh, we'll link to the site with with all the winners. And also, you can actually scroll through the previous ones they're hilarious yeah i know good I, I will use this last one next time i go to a restaurant and i'll say waiter sir i can smell a fly in my wine <laughs> <laughs> and see what happens <laughs> right okay good so i think um this is uh these are all the news for now uh, for this week <clears throat> and we'll move on to the really wrong slash really right segment uh i believe this week it's going to be a really right one uh pontus Quite right. So we continue the positive streak on this uh, episode and we'll have a really right instead of a really wrong. I don't know if I have mentioned some of this before. Uh, I've talked about it, but I rem don't remember if it was on the show. But uh, I, do, I do know the background I didn't talk about. And that was that EU labeled CRISPR manipulated organisms as GMO. And I didn't agree with that. And and the, the background is CRISPR is, of course, the, this way of shutting off or taking out certain parts of the DNA in an organism. But you never add anything. You can just, you just take, take them out, add it out. And that was still considered GMO, which in my opinion is totally wrong. You don't do anything, even even if you disagree with the GMO, Maybe you don't think you should uh, mix fish genes with uh, apples, uh, but this is not scary. And this is, you know, CRISPR is... You do the same thing when you selectively breed certain variants of different crops. This is just a more effective way of doing it. The follow-up was that a research facility in Sweden, they decided to keep on doing this they said we we will keep on researching in into crispr in potatoes i believe because we think uh, you can interpret the eu ruling in a different way and we think it's nonsense and kudos to them for doing that i think it's good to fight back and the latest news is that they have gotten support from the swedish board of Ag agriculture who are on the researcher side, and they will now escalate this into EU to challenge the previous decision that CRISPR should be categorized as GMO. So for that, they will receive the this week's prize for being really right. Keep fighting the good fight. Great. Hmm. Awesome. Hmm? All right. Great stuff, Pontus. Thanks. And um, I think that's it for this week. Um, I have a very, very, very brief quote. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, this quote comes from Enrico Fermi, uh, an Italian physicist and the creator of the world's first nuclear reactor. He says, It is no good to try to stop knowledge from going forward. Ignorance is never better than knowledge. Here, here. So That's there we go. That's very good. That's on, very good. On this positive note, I would like to thank both of you, Pontus and Claire, to record today's episode. It's been fun. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and thanks, thanks, Claire, for taking time on Thank your you busy so, so much. Yeah. Uh, schedule there in, in the US to call in. It was great to have you. And we're looking forward to any news from your side uh, about EXO and any progress. Just give us a shout and we'll we'll promote it. We'll have you back on uh, whatever needs to be done. Perfect. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good. Great stuff. Thanks very much, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you, thank you. But for now, paka paka. <laughs> bye bye. Nascano. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Frab and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu, and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. Now it's on. Ah, oh, it's not going well. Okay, here we go. Fine, yep, great, yep, stuff. Yep. great stuff. Great stuff, great stuff. Ooh, Claire. Claire Cli- Klingenberg. Klingenberg. <laughs> Klingenberg. 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 Okay. Uh, <laughs> here we go. The European Commission, I believe. Uh, was it European Commission? Damn it.